Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast. For each week, we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. Why does it sound like I'm yelling? Uh, it's your host, Sean. We've bellied up to the bar today. Everything's getting situated, but, you know, we got to do it. It's that time. It's almost sports time, and everybody's always asking, you know, how do you get into different businesses and all these different things in the industry? So I figured why not bring on with us an award-winning actor, writer, uh freelance journalist um chippendale dancer no i'm just throwing that out there but we've brought with us today miguel and i keep wanting to switch his name around so he can yell at me before maybe when this is all over we're, we're going to change his name to a little but we have mr miguel mike medina <laughs> see look at that you didn't know you were getting all those applause did you can you hear me, Miguel? Yeah. Okay. All right. You didn't know you were getting all them applause today, did you? So we, we're we going to go ahead and get the house all ready here for mi Mr. Miguel. And let's go ahead and do some uh, our typical normal stuff here. So we're, for those of you that are joining us and you can see the uh, pictures behind me, we got the big board for sticker and a cause. As always, if you've got something you're supporting, whether you're an actor, actress, and you've made stickers of yourself, you've got your own podcast, I don't care what it is. Whatever it happens to be that you've got go going on, go ahead and reach out to me. You can find me on Facebook, the Above the Bar Podcast, our parent network, Earplug Podcast Network, or on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and our email. They're all the Above the Bar Podcast. Email is the Above the Bar Podcast at gmail.com. Send me a message. Let me know what you got going on. We'll go ahead and uh, read about it on air, and we'll put your sticker on the big board for sticker and a cause. And also, maybe your media is in a slump, or maybe it's all choked up and it can't get, get its lines right. You need to reach out to Media by Dibs. That's D-I-B-S. You can find Dibs on Facebook at Media by Dibs, on LinkedIn at, media, at Andrew Dibble, or on Instagram at Media by Dibs. You reach out to him and let him know that you're there to belly up to the bar, and he's going to give you a 10% discount on your first order and a free consultation to determine what kind of media you need. So remember, that's media by dibs. All right, house cleaning is done. Everything is situated. We brought Mr. Miguel. He's down in Manhattan. He's hanging hanging out in the NYC. You ever go to K-Town? Do you ever go to K-Town? Up off of 6th Ave? I don't think so. No. If you no, ever get a chance, like... If you come out of uh, Penn Station right there on, uh, what is that, 7th at the front of Penn and, like, just keep walking all the way up, go to K-Town, you got to go to, like, the best ramen spot. The best everything food-wise I think you can find in the city. Gotcha. I mean, I'm a fat kid at heart. So, again, welcome, brother. So, let's go through this resume again real quick. So, you're an award-winning actor. Free... Freelance uh, sports journalist. Uh, what uh, what else am I missing here? We, you've got uh, what are some of the other credit uh, writer? 
I know I'm missing one, and I can see it right in my head. Uh, filmmaker. There we go. I, I was trying to remember. So, so you've done – how long have you been into this industry? As a freelance sports journalist since 2013. Wow. As an actor since 2014 and as a filmmaker writer since 2016. Wow. So, so you've done pretty well for yourself pretty quickly in that industry, comparably to some. Yeah. Um, I'm just the person that I always say I don't wait for no one to give me the green light. I got to create my own. I create my own opportunities. I'm not one of these people that cries and complains on social media. I just go ahead and do it. So... You know, there's a lot of people out there that want to get into these industries, want to get into all the things you're you're doing. They they think they know, they think they've got it figured out. Um, what was the catalyst for you to to get into these industries? I'm gonna start with sports first. Sports has always been truly. So. You're kind of breaking up on us there, Miguel. You're, you're losing you there, brother. I heard sports was kind of, and then we lost you. I'll say that sports was my true first love. So I, I attended City College. Okay. City College of New York. They didn't have a journalism major, but they had a journalism minor. So I took journalism courses, and during my time there, I was part of a school's magazine, so I would cover sports art, sports topics, and things like that, and that's where it all started for me. But it wasn't until it wasn't until 2016 when I started to take my blog very seriously. I started my blog in 2013, but it got more serious when the pandemic happened because from 2013 through 2019 i used the blog but not as a business and then it was 2020 where i really started using the blog as a business and i became more consistent with it and ever since then um i just improved in the sense of buying more equipment networking with people so my networking got better my resources got better and I'm happy with where I am right now. That's a, that's pretty impressive. So, so now, what did your blog? Did your blog just start as a sports blog, just right off the bat, or was it just you kind of kind of talking? Um, it was right off the bat. Um, it it started when I created this blog during my reporting and writing class in City College, which was in 2013. But as the years went by. I knew that I had to form, I had to form a, a formula because sports is my bread and butter for my blog, but I also write music and music blogs and movies as well. So things like that, sports and entertainment, stuff that I've always loved, I write about on my blog. Okay. Uh, now you are in New York, so I won't hold you against not liking good sports teams, but, um, what what what's your go to there for for sports? When what do you what do you like to do, or do you follow more of the seasons? 
one thing I try to do, I mean, I don't just focus on New York sports teams. I focus on college sports as well. I focus on even teams that don't get too much attention, I should say. So aside from um, having my own YouTube channel and my own blog, I also, I'm also a contributing writer for Fansided and I write for the Blue Jays and I, I have that. And I also, the Toronto Blue Jays? Toronto Blue Jays, yeah. I'm really? What do you write for them? I'm a contributing writer, so anything that's newsworthy, I write it um, every month. And I'm also part. I'm also a contributing writer for a small company called Cleveland Sports Talk. So anything related to Cleveland sports, the Browns, the Cavs, the Guardians, I write about it um, every month. Two articles per month. Well, there's not a lot of write there, though. I mean, so that's good. I mean, it saves you time. Yeah, but the most important thing, <laughs> the most important thing for me is to get to get that experience. Um, oh yeah, yeah. That's really my main goal. Just continue um, build that experience and network. And like I said, I'm very happy with where I am in sports right now. Clearly, there's more that I'm gonna be doing, which I'll keep that under the rug right now. But I'm happy. I have my blog. I have my YouTube channel, and I have those two companies that I'm the contributor writing for. So that's basically four jobs that I'm doing for sports. So now, now what's your uh, YouTube channel and your blog? Where can people find those at? For sports, um, it's called the MMM Journal. And for my movie side, I have a production company called Double Ninety Four Productions. So both of those channels are on YouTube. All right. For those who want to follow. And, and definitely everybody check out. And and also if you're on uh, Twitter, it's sports indie underscore. And as soon as you type in sports indie underscore, you'll see Miguel pop pop right up. But it's a uh, sports indie underscore uh, triple M right. Right. MMM. Uh, and I have to tell you, I kept every time I wanted to type your name out, I wanted to put Michael Miguel Medina. I just want for some reason I wanted to always write it that way, even though I know it's Miguel Mike Medina. I wanted to keep writing it that way. I was like, I would type it out and I'd be like, son of a shit, delete that back up. So now, did you play a lot of sports in school or you just were, were always a fan? I have two answers to that. Number one, I was always a fan. I've always loved sports since I was eight years old. But my first my first dream was to become a baseball player. So when it comes to sports, whether it's writing or talking about it, um, yes, I love basketball. I love football. I love hockey and boxing. But baseball is my number one. It's, it's my number one sport. So I knew that okay, I couldn't be a baseball player. I wasn't good enough um, to be a baseball player. Um, if I would have stayed dedicated throughout the years, then I, who knows what could have happened. But what I did is I used my dream, my first dream, and turned it into something 
special. So I write about it, I talk about it, and since I'm a filmmaker, I could even make I even I could even make a project about it. So that's what that's what brings me joy and peace and comfort about that. Um, I'm not bitter whatsoever because I feel that in life, as you get older, you'll start discovering things about yourself. You start um, trying new things that you never imagined before. So I always say that everybody has a hidden talent, but it's up to us to discover that, to find out what that talent is. And for me, I'm very fortunate that I discover um, early on in my 20s. And, but I always say that there's no age limit to, to discover what your passion is and what you're talented in. So now, now you kind of, you, you know, your passion is, is baseball. You mentioned boxing also. Now, do you ever cover any of the smaller sports? Like I'm a big lacrosse fan in New York. We have many indoor box lacrosse teams. Albany's got a team. Rochester has a team. Buffalo has a team. We got a lot of teams around here. Uh, do you follow any of those sports or, or brought, do anything on those? Lacrosse, I remember covering one game of lacrosse. And that was at Columbia University. Nice. Um, and that was cool. I mean, I don't follow lacrosse, but it's a diff. It's different when you're watching it up close. When you're watching it up close, it's totally different than when it's on TV. It's more engaged. It's more entertaining. Hundred um, percent. Volleyball, I don't follow it, but I've covered it when I was in City College, and my alma mater. So, those small things. Um, I've pretty much um, followed and covered not as much, but something is something. Hey, look, I mean, mo most people just, just sit around at the bar, sit around on their asses and, and talk about sports like, like they know what they're talking about. They don't get out there and really try to educate themselves and, and learn about it. Uh, as I'm always curious, I know I have my, my favorite Orioles player is always an obscure player. Everybody thinks it should be. And I do like Cal Ripken. I do like Rick Dempsey. I do like all those guys. But who's your uh, who's your go-to baseball player? Of all time or current? Yeah, for you. Like like the one player that you, you loved uh, and, and you were like, everybody else was like, you like that dude? Like, really? Like, I got mine. Mine for me, I always tell everyone, Mike Devereaux. Play for the – Started off at the Dodgers, was an O. He's actually this weekend going to be in Baltimore for the 30th anniversary of Camden Yards. Like, I'm a Mike Devereaux fan. That's my man, Devo. Oof. Oh, man. It's tough because it's not just one. I always say I have more than one. I mean, well, been, who, who you got? I mean, I let's mean, hear it. It's been, I mean, I've been watching baseball for 22, 23 years. And there's just so many that, that is just like, wow. But um, for, I mean, I, I will say this, per, I, I would say this person, but I'm not going to because he's my idol. So I'm not going to be biased. So I'm oh, you froze up on me again. Where'd you go, brother? He froze up on me. He was going to see, he was going to tell us his idol. And then he froze up because they, it was so important. He could. He froze up on me. Are you back? Yeah. Okay. Who who was it? That who's the idol player? 
Well, the guy that, that I always idolize is obviously the captain, Derek Jeter. Um, oh, Derek he, Jeter. Derek Jeter, yeah. But um, I'm, I'm trying to think of someone else besides Here's my him. question, though. I, and I heard this the other day. I want to get your opinion. Jeter doesn't play for the Yankees. He's a Kansas City Royal. He's any other team. Does he matter? I mean, it's debatable. I mean, I know that Jeter is one of those guys where people find them overrated. They bash his defense. I mean, his defense is not that bad the way many media members are making it turn out to be. Is Was he better than A-Rod at that position? No. Was he even better than Norma Garcia-Paro? No. No, ma. So, and that's another guy. I feel like he's forgotten Norma Garcia-Paro. But... Unless you watch and when I started watching ba- when I started watching baseball, those three were the the hottest young shortstops in the game at the time. Oh, but, absolutely! Um, but the thing about Jeter is, is um, his personality and his work ethic. That's I'll what drove that. people to love him, you know. And for a guy like A Rod, and I'm not gonna get controversial with this, but A Rod, I love A Rod. Um, for several reasons. I mean, I will always, you know, I thank him for 2009, but there's certain, a lot of things that you all could have done differently that would have not made people hate him as much as part of it had to do, um, part of it was not his fault, but on the other side, it was his fault. But in terms of A-Rod and Jeter, A-Rod was way better than Jeter, hands down, way better than him. So I never really understood the jealousy of him, I guess because he wasn't revered as him, but and they were tight at one point, if you know. Um, well, I remember before, when A Rod came before before he went to Texas, they were tight. What what well, was tight, the other way? A Rod came from Texas to to New York. I remember when he signed the ten year hundred twenty hundred twenty million dollar deal. That was like unheard of. Yeah, no, but I'm saying before before he came to the Yankees, before he even went to Texas, Jeter and A-Rod, they were tight. They had a great friendship. Oh, okay. They were inseparable. But then um, some comments that um, A-Rod made about him when he signed with Texas pretty much derailed their friendship. But, hey, at least they won a ring together in 2009. They could have had more. They should have had more. Had, you know, they would have got their act together in October. Because as a Yankee fan, I'll say this. I'm one of these Yankee fans that I'm going to keep it real. I'm not going to always use the, oh, we have 26 world championships, blah, 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 blah. When in reality, we've only won one title in like 21, 22 years. So if it wasn't for 2009, we would have gone through 22 years without winning one. So It's a great point. Exactly. So I feel that as a Yankee fan, I can't always use that excuse. I always got to look at it as, okay, you guys, you know, we won the division. That's cute. But can you come through in October? Because to me, as a Yankee fan, that's what it matters. Can you come right. through in October? So right now, Aaron Judge, he's putting an amazing season. Beast. But I'm not. Oh, no. The Yankees are cutting us off because they knew I was going to talk bad about them. Uh oh, we lost Miguel oh. for we lost so Miguel me, for a moment. A part of me is saying like, "Wow, like Judge is really killing it," but then the other side of me is like, "Okay, that's cute, but can you do this in October when the when the bright lights, you know, are on?" So I'm still waiting for that. 
that you know, it's a great great point that that you bring up there. That you know, it, certain certain sports franchises, and I think that's a great point. Certain sports franchises, I don't care what you do all season long. What do you do in the postseason? That's all that matters. I mean, how many years with New England? They they could do anything you want during the regular season. If you don't win a ring, it was a failed season for them. You know, same thing with with the Yankees in Boston. You don't win a ring, it's a failed season. It means nothing to anybody. Um, but um, but Boston fans, um, I hate to say this, but since two thousand and one, it has been their way. Not just it with the Patriots, the Red Sox, just with those two together, they dominated. They've dominated, nope. so therefore, um, they've they're doing way better than us. As of now, yeah. from 2001 to now, they've done way better than us. So, um, well, that's a great question about New York sports in general, because I I made I made the com- the comment about Jeter. I don't think Jeter on any other team. He'd always been a great ball, ball player, but he wouldn't have been Jeter. Like you wouldn't have had that coverage of of the guy. Do you think that that hurts a lot of athletes when they come to that New York market? There's that expectation that. You're you're supposed to perform at a different level in this city than anywhere else. I mean, look at Kansas City. I mean, that's a small TV market, but a beast. They've won World Series in the last decade. They've won Super Bowls in the last decade. I mean, that's a that's a beast of a team. What do you think that does there? I mean, you're and, and we're gonna kind of use that to kind of catapult into you getting into acting in that area. What is that like? You know. Well, I'll say this. First of all, let me answer this. Not everyone is meant to play New York. Not everyone is built for that New York media. Not everyone is built for that criticism. And as a Yankee fan, <laughs> different. Isn't it? I, I know. How, I know how it is. I trust me. I know that we're not the easiest people to please. Um, Unfortunately, there is a lot of a lot of us um, that are very don't have a very good conduct when they go to the stadium. <laughs> so I'm just I'm just being honest. I'm Look, being I, honest. I like the way, I like the way you put that. The conduct yeah. isn't the best at the stadium. Yeah, it's it's not. And I was disappointed early on this season. Against the Cleveland, against the Cleveland, I was gonna say Indians. I prefer Indians over that ridiculous Guardians name. But yeah, um, I think it's a silly name. Like, like I, I get it, changing the name, but you could have come up with something better. Oh, we we lost him again. See again, we get to talking about some of these teams, and they they freeze him out. They're freezing Miguel out on us, folks. They're they're trying to to keep him from from I'm, saying what's I'm up. Keep- keeping it real <laughs> he's keeping it real and they're trying to keep him keep him see look now i'm gonna have to throw this up here for a second miguel only because this is another o's fan i mean we, this is just the way we feel brother yankees suck i mean <laughs> we, I we mean, hey, listen i do not get mad at all because like i said earlier but isn't that what's great about sports is like like i'm not i'm not a biased person i have to stick to what the reality is so until i see them winning like actually winning going to the world series and winning i gotta say i gotta say like it's just the same old story 
Bro, my this O's are doing amazing right now. Winning. They're above yeah. 500. They're playing phenomenal ball. They're still 16 games out. And to be honest with you, it is one of the most surprising stories of the season, the Baltimore Orioles. Um, and this was a team that won, I think it was only, only 52 games last year. And Bro, look it's where been they, horrible. And, and look where they are now. And I have a privilege of going to Kendham Yards before the pandemic. Oh, nice. And it's one of those ballparks that it's a, it was on my bucket list. And I went over there by myself, and I just had an amazing time there. It's a beautiful place, isn't it? I would tell you, if you, if you like to tour ballparks, if you like Camden Yards, you got to go to Petco Park or whatever they're calling it now out in San Diego. Um, kind of designed very similar to Camden Yards. Beautiful park. I feel um, that the Orioles, speaking of the Orioles, I'll say this. I feel that the team that they had, that they could have won at all, but they didn't, was the 97 team. Yes. That 97 team, if you look at that lineup, uh, ugh, it was a beauty. We're talking, about, we're talking about. Oh, he's chopping up on it. See, every time he, my man's telling, talking the truth, the, the internet gods come out and get, get Miguel. But we're going to get him back here in a second. The internet gods keep coming in. But he's talking about that 97 O's team. The inter- That 97 O's team, if I'm not mistaken, that is the year also. Is, that, is 97 the year that the Yankees fan snatched the ball over the wall? Is that 97? 96. 90, I, I see you remember it. That's like That sits in our hearts as O's fans. But but now here's here's a question for you. As a guy who writes sports and you, you're following all these things, what do you think about some of these trades? Like uh, I'm going to use my O's for a minute. They made a trade. Uh, well, they made a trade for Trey Mancini, but they got rid of their only All Star, uh, uh, Jorge. Uh, God, what the hell is his last name? Can't think of his last name right now. Is their only All Star? But uh, they got rid of him for four prospects. Do you think that's worth it for a team that seems like they're gelling now and they're they're making it happen? Here's your only all-star, and you use him to leverage for four prospects that you know nothing about? Yeah, I quite didn't really understand that part, to be honest with you. Because, like you said, um, I saw a team that was already rebuilding. You could say that they still are rebuilding, but you could see that they were coming together the right time and the fact that this is the first year that the playoff format expanded um i feel like they could have hold their breath a little bit longer i'm with you i mean i know the deadline was coming up and and it it was a long shot you know like i said 16 games out from even being in first place and, and with the new format for playoffs it was a long shot but you know talking about long shots you know you also, how many, I mean, for those that aren't watching the live right now, if you look behind Miguel, you can see some of the awards that, that he's won. He's got them stacked up behind him. I think behind him is the Academy Award. We just can't see it. His head's blocking his Academy Award. Maybe someday. We'll see. But uh, you he's won a lot of awards, been nominated for a lot of awards. He would not like to see this frozen picture of him right now. But he's he's done these things, but he's doing it out of New York City, which is... You know, like the song says, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. What's that? What What was your, you know, 
were you a, a theater kid in high school or or what was that that made you say, hey, I'm going to get into this movie piece? Well, it all started in my last semester in college when I registered for intro to acting class. But the moment that I realized that I wanted to give acting a try is when I saw two movies in late 2013, The Wolf of Wall Street and 12 Years a Slave. But it was more, and Captain Phillips, but it was more The Wolf of Wall Street that really put the stamp and say, you know, I wanna give this a try. And so I did. And, and this was in my last semester, by the way, before graduating. But the beauty of it is that in the school, they had a one-act play festival going on. And when I went to the audition, um, I knew I nailed it. And I got cast for two plays. So oh, wow. I finished college with two plays under my belt. And then from there, I just kept on working on acting, um, going to auditions and stuff like that. But it wasn't until like a year and a half later that I said to myself, let me start writing. Let me start writing my own stuff because I just was getting a little tired of, you know, going, sorry, sorry to say this, going after shitty roles. So <laughs> I just started creating my own stuff and I haven't looked back since. Um, but I will say this. We have iPhones. We have the rise of technology and all this other stuff. I'm going to say this. I'm going to be very honest about it. You do not need to be in L.A. Oh, he froze on us again. He said he doesn't need to be in L.A. I don't know what he need to be in L.A. If, for, but. If, if you want to be in Hollywood, if you want the glitz and glamour, then, you know, I don't blame you. Go to L.A. Um, the same thing here in New York. I was born and raised in New York, so therefore I'm lucky in that regard. But if you live in, like, let's say, in Texas, Florida, Tennessee, the list goes on and on. Any, I'll say any small market, city or state, you could be a filmmaker. You could be an independent filmmaker. You can, you can really do it. I mean, you have an iPhone, you have all these tools, like as a filmmaker, writer, et cetera, we're living in the best time because of that. We have all these resources. So I even, there was even a point, which was at the height of the pandemic, I was doing short films by myself. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not the easiest thing to do, but. Yeah. Like, how but, do you, how do you do, how do you even begin to do that? Like I said, you know, um, you do research, you start thinking, you write stuff down. My writing process is I take out a composition notebook. I write it down, then I put it on the computer, on the software, and I just go about it. Um, and at the same time, there's also been times where I will use, like, let's say my mom or my little sister to help me, you know, put the camera here, or she's like, put the phone here, do this, do that. I tell them, you know, like, this is what I'm planning on doing, and they help me out. So I always say, use your resources. Use your resources. Use everything that you have around you. Like, you don't have to 
um, be bougie. And, <laughs> and, you know, you know, because that's what um, anyone that's into film that loves doing this, we were taught that, oh, you got to go to film school. You got to move to L.A. Oh, as soon as he says L.A., it, it locks his computer. His computer does not like to hear him talk bad about L.A. Does not and like been, it at and, all. And I've been to L.A. I love L.A. Miguel, to- Miguel, you got to hold up, man. You're as soon as you said L.A., you, your whole system locked up on you. Every time you sell, say L.A., it locks up on you. You you got L.A. You got L.A. Ghost over there in, in in New York City trying to hold you up, don't you? I'll say, listen, I've been to L.A. Um, I love L.A. It's nice. But in terms of living over there, I don't see that in the cards for me. Um, I, I just don't. East I Coast. Just don't. East Coast. Like, like, you got to think about, you know, what brings you, you ha- what makes you happy. You got to think about your future living conditions. Do you really want to, you know, um, deal with? Drought, drought, fires, earthquakes. Not just not just that, but also like living expenses. You know, do you really want to, you know, get hammered with that kind of rent that you have to pay monthly, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all about, you know, you got to think about how you want to live your life going forward. And that's how my thinking, my thought process is. Now, would you ask me, do you want to spend the rest of your life living in New York? My answer is no. No? Where, where are you no. trying to do this at? No. Um, that's something that I'm still figuring out. I do have some ideas in mind, which I'm not going to disclose yet, because I don't want to contradict myself. So I'm going to keep it that way, but I will say New York, no, definitely not. I love New York. It will always be home for me. I will always root for my New York teams. But yeah. in terms of my future of where I want to live, nah, it's not in the cards for me. No, I I understand that completely, one hundred percent. What you're saying, like I grew up in Baltimore. I love Baltimore. You know, it's in my heart. I, I if we had a professional badminton team, I'd root for it. I, I don't care. But living back in Baltimore just ain't a thing. Yeah. I mean, I said more once, mostly because of Camden Yards, but um, uh, I, it's one of those cities that obviously I would like to go back. Um, I would love to see a Ravens game up close, explore oh, more. Fun. I would like to explore Maryland more. I'm the type of person as I got older, I want to experience a lot of different cities, a lot of different states to see, you know, what they have for me. Will this something that I fall in love with? Because I'm a guy that I don't really, I don't really care about being the center of the attention. And what I mean by that is, yes, I love what I do. I love being a freelance sports journalist, a writer, an actor, etc. But I'm not one of those people that I'm gonna do certain things that is completely out of character just to get the attention. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm a, hearing you. I'm a low-key guy. I'm more of a homebody person. I love traveling. But at the same time, I'm more of a homebody. So as of right now, um, I'm doing a lot of things from home. And I love being comfortable. I love being um, at peace and tranquility, do things the right way, because that's how I was brought up. So, 
So, so tell us a, a little bit about, you know, here it is, you, you've decided, Hey, I've, I've watched these films. I'm going to get into the, the acting bug has me. I'm a, you said it was your senior year in college, right? Right. Going, what was it like, you know, even figuring out how to go to an audition, what was that process like? Auditions for me, I have a love and hate relationship with auditions. <laughs> I love it in the sense that you want to prove yourself that you're the best actor for this role or for that role. But it's up to the casting directors and producers, et cetera, to see if you know, you're right for the role. I love it that in, in that sense that you, know, you want to go and prove yourself. You want to prove that you have the talent and that you know that they should get you and that you're disciplined and focused. What I hate about it is the feeling of going in, the feeling of going into audition. I feel that. Oh, I feel he just froze up on us again. So we'll have to, we'll have to wait for Miguel to come back to us so we can figure out what, uh, what do you feel? I, I, you froze on me, Miguel. I heard. I feel that going to an audition, and I lost you, man. I was ready. I was ready to make this happen. The hate part, right? Was it the hate part? That's it. I, I feel it. That's it. Where where were we at from there? Um, in terms of the hate part, like I've been to auditions where they would give me a direction, and to me, part of it didn't make any sense, but I'll do it anyways. So. Also, the fact that, you know what, like, I could write my own roles. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I going after, why am I auditioning for the, the wrong roles? But I'm doing it because, you know, I'm taking everything. And this was my mindset the first two years of my acting career. Obviously, things have changed um, ever since. But, um, but yeah, it's just... I don't like feeling nervous when I go to auditions. I don't like um, some casting directors just not giving you the right directions of, you know, what to expect from you when you're delivering this line or that line. So it's it's 50-50 for me. I love it and hate it at the same time. But, you know, that's that's what you got to do. Auditioning comes with the territory. Now, how did you how did you start finding places to audition? Like being in New York City, there's a lot of movies that are made there. We're starting to get a lot up here in the Albany Troy area also, but what was how do you actually find, you know, you're not in the SAG, you're not in any of those things that when you first start off. So how did you actually figure out how to start auditioning? There's a website called Backstage. Backpage. Backstage.com. And I would um, apply for roles and things like that through there. And if they reach out to me, then I go to the audition. But basically, all of the most of my auditions have came through that website. So, so what's on, what are you providing to them on that website for them to be able to say, oh, Miguel's who we need? Um, obviously, I have my headshot there, my reel, my resume. Um, my profile is pretty stacked on backstage. Um, I've come a long way through that. So I've noticed that 
if you have a reel and a nice headshot, um, it increases your chances of them reaching out to you. Um, obviously, everyone else who's who have backstage or Actors Access, which is another website that actors can create an account to to um, to kind of get noticed for casting calls for casting calls. But now, when that, you say that's a real, that I've noticed what, that's something I've noticed over the years. What what's a real? Like I think of Facebook reels. What's a real? So he froze, he froze up on me. I, I, he's probably telling me all these amazing things about how how I can be an actor myself. But we lost Miguel for a moment, so we'll be back. So he's telling us about reels and and what this is. You back with me, brother? Yeah, I'm back. All right. So so what's a reel? A reel is basically a compilation of all your work, so of all your best work. So. I'll say whether it's acting, cinematography, or directing, I always say keep your reel, make your reel at least two minutes maximum. Don't go over two minutes because you got to think that a casting director, they're getting a thousand submissions, so they don't have time to see five, 10-minute reels. I'll say the shorter, the better, and make sure it's your best work. Impactful. Exactly. It has to be your best work and make sure that it's um, that the sound is good and well edited. All right. So now you started getting you've gotten started to get roles pretty consistently. You're talking about your back page, but your IMDB has has a ton of stuff on it. Uh, there There is a whole lot on that IMDB. So what was the first thing that that when you got into acting and, and that you were actually nominated for a award? What was the first thing? That I got nominated. Mm. It probably. Oof, that's a good question. Because I've I have a ton of films under my belt right now. So I'm gonna have to think about this one. Well, what was the first one you actually, you know, won for? I mean, we can all be nominated, but what was the first award that you won? The first award that I won was the audience award. And that was for my very first short film. Now, what's an audience award? Yeah, that was an audience award. But what um, what is what is an audience award? What is that? Basically, for that one, um, they vote for the movie that they enjoy. Okay, so it's it's a vote by by the fans to determine what movie they like, how they enjoyed it. All right. In terms of, in terms of. I could say that the most re the most recent films that I started seeing that wow I'm getting a lot of nominations and selections was a short film called Neighbors Breakups and Surprises is a comedy short film. Now, if somebody wanted to watch that, could could they find that on your YouTube? Um, not on YouTube, but I have it on Vimeo on a private link. So if Anyone wants to see you, it or whatever. Use that to, do you use that to pick up significant others? Like, oh, let me send you this private link to my special film that I made that I won awards for. Nah. Is that, is that, is that your pickup line? Look, that, look, he's blushing. For those of you that aren't watching the live right now, Miguel is actually blushing. He's like, nah, no, man, no, 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 no. I would never because, do that. Um, no, um, I have, well, I used to have 
a lot of shorts on YouTube, but I have a few now. I decided to put those, a lot of ones on private for film, for, for film festival purposes, because there are some film festivals that don't really like when your film is on YouTube. They prefer oh. to have a premiere at the festival and things like that. And then I'm also like working on something in development that, you know, like I said, I'm going to keep What you working quiet. on? Hold on. Don't, don't be stingy. What you working no, on? I, no, I had to. I had to. Don't I don't be stingy. like. Like, well, like when I have a master plan going on, I don't want to drip. I don't want to drop everything at the moment. So uh, until it happens, until it happens, then I'll disclose it. Look, there, there's a rule on the Above the Bar podcast that if you make it on on the red carpet, I ain't got I ain't got to be in front of the camera. I walk behind you, but you got to take me on the red carpet. That's a rule. If you didn't know that, that's a rule here on the Above the Bar podcast. Is you make it to that level. You you gotta take me on the red carpet. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just well, saying. I, hey, like I said, like I'm not a person that, you know, um, I care about winning an Oscar in the future or things like that. I feel like this is what you see behind me. The, the the awards behind you right right now, Miguel's froze again, folks. He's got a if you're for those of you that are looking here, a uh, ton of great awards behind him. He's got about one, two, three, four, five, six different awards behind him right now. And these are just some. Uh, uh, some of them are also on a, on a certificate, on a plaque, on a, on a thing. So overall, I've won 34 awards. God, so, Lord. For okay. acting. Not just acting, but also in other areas like um, best comedy, best drama, best director, best editor, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So in many different areas, so all within that, in, within that industry, though. Yeah, all within, bro, the indie film, indie film life, bro. Like they got to be beating your door down for these movies. Like, yeah, I mean, like I said, um, I'm like you have to. I tell this to anyone: do it your way. You know, create your own stuff. At some point, it might be five, ten years later, or whatever the case may be, you know, someone might come knocking. It might not happen, but at least you got to keep in mind, you know, what do you really want? Do you really want to be rich and famous, or do you love what you do? But this is what you want to do, the crap. And I'm the type of person that I love this. Why? Because I know I'm good at it. So, That's whether, awesome. yeah, whether they, whether they come knocking or not, I really don't care because I'm doing it my way. I'm telling my story my way. So now I know you said you got something working, you got something in the works right now. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna drop it on us just quite yet. But uh, is there anyone out there from an acting or you know any actor and or director? Like pick one of each that you say, hey, I would love to work with this person. Oh, that's an easy one. Um, from from an acting standpoint. If I would ever be in a position to work with this person, it would be Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Now, what what is it about Jake Gyllenhaal? There's so many great actors that I'm a fan of. But Jake Gyllenhaal, to me, is one of those actors that, yes, he's dedicated. Uh, oh, we lost, we lost him. I'm curious why why Jake Gyllenhaal because he was just actually there was something about him with one of the Marvel movies that just popped up. 
What was it that about Jake Gyllenhaal that just popped up for the Marvel movies? Because you froze on us again. With Jake Gyllenhaal, what makes him, and there's so many great actors that I'm a fan of that I've looked up to, but the thing about Jake Gyllenhaal is not only he's dedicated at what he does and what he's good at what he does, but the challenges he takes on on many different roles. For example, Prisoners. Prisoners, um, which was, um, he acted alongside with Hugh Jackman, AKA Wolverine. His performance in that movie was magnificent, magnificent. And then the following year, um, he followed up with Nightcrawler, which he lost weight to play that role, to play a, a sociopath. And it was a very difficult role. And then the following year, he came out with Southpaw, um, the boxing movie, and he yes. put in a lot of weight to play that role. And those three movies for three years straight, he knocked that out the ballpark. But I, but the, the what pissed me off about it was that I felt that his performance in Prisoners and Nightcrawler, he should have been nominated for an Oscar, but he didn't. So I've always felt that Jake Gyllenhaal is one of those actors that is undervalued in Hollywood. I I, I could see that. I mean, and again, he's one of those guys, very diverse. Uh, and he made the crossover to Marvel films. Uh, I think that's, they're all doing that. But he made the crossover and he made that character believable. I also want to add this. And I feel that you're a better actor when you're on stage. And I saw him perform um, Sunday in the Park with George here in New York. A oh, wow. Of you saw ago. that. Yeah, I saw it. And I was lucky to get a selfie with him um, after after the show. So it was a cold day. And therefore, the quality of the picture was not good. It doesn't look great. But at least I got a picture with him. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. So after seeing him on stage my admiration for him went through the stratosphere because he was that good um, in that play. So Jake Gyllenhaal, if I have any actor that I would be, work be working with, it would be him. Nice. How, how a about dir a director? How about a director? From a director? <laughs> Oof. Uh, I, can I mention two? Sure. You can mention as many as you want. I have to go with two of the goats. I have to. All right. I have you, to. You said, what are you going to say? Spielberg and uh, who would be the other one? Uh, so, uh, God, what the hell is his name? Oh, God. Can't think of his name right now. I'll say it. Yeah, go ahead. Martin Scorsese. Scorsese, yeah. And Quentin Tarantino. See, now I I would agree with you with Quentin Tarantino. I don't know if I, how much I would care about Scorsese, but Quentin Tarantino, absolutely. Well, yeah, those, it, and they're very opposite of each other. Very, very opposite directors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're definitely um very opposite of each other. Now, if you ask me, like, okay, is there anyone right now, like in the modern, um filmmakers that's putting out a lot of work right now 
because we know what um, Tarantino and Scorsese have done in the film industry. But if you're asking me like right now, I would say this person, yes, he has a couple of good films so far under his belt. And I think he's really good. It will be, um, I'm gonna have a trouble pronouncing his name because I always get it wrong. Denny, um, he directed um, um, Dune and Blade Runner 2049. Oh, Denny I know you're talking. So, so Dune to so I'm a big fan of the original 1984 Dune. I think it is still to this day an, an amazing masterpiece of of a movie. Um, but the remake with you're talking about Dennis uh, Venice. Villa, Villanueva, Villanueva. Yeah. Uh, what, what he was able to do visually in that movie, uh, which is why it won all the Academy Awards. It won, um, just a visual masterpiece. Like it's it, it's now back in one of those movies in rotation where it's like I just got to watch this. I don't care what else is going on. I just got to watch this. I just got to watch what's happening in this movie and see if I could find something else. So I'll give you that guy. For me, I, I gotta agree with you with Quentin Tarantino, but my actors would be uh Robert Duvall or uh Timothy Oliphant. See, so he locked right up on me. I told him some amazing stuff, and Miguel went and locked right up on me. So maybe he'll come back. You you back? Did you hear mine? Yeah, you said um Robert, Robert Duvall and R Timothy Oliphant. Timothy oh, Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant is from like Justified. He's in the movie uh, The Crazies and about a hundred other different things. Huge fan of uh, his work and Robert Duvall's work. Um, the two of them. But I got to agree with you on Quentin Tarantino. Did you ever see the interview with uh, Jamie Foxx talking about doing Django with uh, with him and like Quentin Tarantino like getting in his ass about knock it off. This dude's a slave. Act like it. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Like, like he thought he was going to come in there and be a badass, and then he just got put. Nate, who's a super fan, Nate, good buddy of mine, he says Robert Downey Jr. But you got to ask yourself this, Nate: Do you want new Robert Downey Jr. or do you want old Robert Downey Jr.? Like, there's two different Robert Downey Juniors you could be acting with, like coked out of his mind, Robert Downey Jr. or modern day. You know, everybody loves him because I still remember that dude going to jail and being on TV, going to jail on the regular before he got his shit together. He says new. He says new Robert Downey. So we're going to get ready. We're going to close the bar up here in a minute there. Miguel, don't log off afterwards. We got to talk for a moment. Um, so what kind of stuff, you know, upcoming? What 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 do you want people to reach out and grab of yours so that they can kind of get to know you better from your uh acting in your sports side where can they what should they be reaching out to um they can reach out to me in many different accounts um the first one i'm gonna go with instagram first um mike medina 31 that's one bear with me people because i have so many accounts so what we you got all these accounts for look i asked him how many accounts he why he got so many accounts this shit froze right up he ain't trying to he ain't trying to give up the give up the ghost on this one. No, no, no. Like the reality is that I have a lot <laughs> going on. I have a yeah. lot going on. So in that baller life. You know? Yeah. 
I got a lot going on, so therefore, you know, right, gotta so give separate it, one or the other. So give it to everybody again. We lost you there for a minute. All right. So I have Mike Medina thirty one. That's Instagram, right? I'm starting with Instagram. Mike Medina thirty one. My production company, L L ninety four Prod. Um, the MMM Journal. And last but not least, um, and this is the sports one, my sports personal account, Miguel um, underscore passion for sports. That's Instagram. That, All four of them. Miguel underscore passion for sports. Passion. Oh, there he is. Look, I'm I'm looking all these up. We're gonna give you we're giving you the love that you need, brother. We're giving you all that love. I appreciate it. Try, try to make make a little extra happen here. So, how about any uh, upcoming movies or stuff that was recently released that people should be looking for? Yes. Um, at the start of 2023, I'm putting out what I called Mike's Zoom Film Series. So, it's something completely new and different that I've never done in my career so far. It's basically... Every episode will be a short film itself, but recorded through Zoom. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, and that will premiere in January of 2023. We've already started filming that. Um, I also have three projects that is currently in the film festival circuit right now. One of them is a documentary, and two of the other ones are short films. Nice. And these are these are going to be these are at film festivals or in twenty twenty three or or how's that working? Um, it's currently right now in the twenty twenty two, and oh, we're lost you there, brother. Um, these three projects in my documentary, twenty and the two short films are currently um being submitted for this year, and at the beginning of next year as well. And then I recently finished uh, a micro short film, which I'll be putting out for festivals for next year. Nice. You got a ton go. You got a ton going on there, brother. Absolutely. So look, folks, make sure you take the time, go find Miguel, go, go watch some of his films, go, go follow him on all over Instagram. He's got about 48 accounts for you to follow. Um, okay. So make sure you go follow all those. Uh, what was your YouTube channel? Um, um, the YouTube channel is the MMM Journal. And the other one is Double L94 Productions. So so make sure you go follow all of his YouTube channels. And, but as you're going to do that, for those of you that are just finding us today, make sure you find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, TikTok. It's all the Above the Bar podcast. Our parent network is Earplug Podcast Network. Follow us over there. And if you got... You know, that sticker, you're looking to get your information out, whether you've got a production company or your own, whatever you got going on, make sure you reach out to us at the above the bar podcast at gmail.com. Now, Miguel, one of the rules here, now don't log on afterwards, log off afterwards. We got to talk for just a minute. One of the things we always do here is the guest gets the final word. So what's the final word, brother? Final word, I would say... Have a lot of drive, a lot of determination, 
And always do it your way, but always do it the right way. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been an Earplug Podcast presentation. Found on EarplugPodcast.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found.